you got cooking? How about cooking something up with me? Let's stir it up, boys. Welcome to the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. A weekly excursion into the fine art of preparing the world's most popular recipes under an open sky and an open flame. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the old grill sergeant, Randy Hayes. This is that time of year that reminds me of that opening line from the Charles Dickens novel, A Tale of Two Cities. You remember that. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yeah, but in this case, I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about football season, not basketball season. We'll talk about that another time. You know me. I love football. So this time of year gets me really excited because some of the most important games, some of the best of games are being played. The best of times, get it? But at the same time, football season is winding down too, and that's the worst of times for people like me who love it so much. Now, we're going to talk about football with both of our guests on today's edition of the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show, but I had a few thoughts of my own that I wanted to share with you first. And... First of all, that includes the incredible wildcard weekend last Saturday and Sunday. I don't know about you, but I was in football heaven. Three great games on Saturday and then three more on Sunday. They weren't quite the same quality as the first three, but they were still pretty doggone good. For instance, how did that Baltimore defense control Derrick Henry so well? You know, the Titans have built their entire offense around Henry, and he was absolutely unstoppable for most of the regular season. Heck, the week before the wild card game against the Ravens, Henry ran for 250 yards on 34 carries. But then the Ravens defense held him to just 40 yards on 18 carries. Now, true, the 250-yard game was against that hideous Texans defense at NRG. There were a lot of NFL insiders who felt like Houston was just playing out the string. They weren't engaged. But still, 250 yards versus 40 yards? That demonstrates that the Ravens defense can pretty much rise up and play with anybody head-to-head. So Baltimore might be a dark horse to watch out for in the playoffs. And that was just one game. There were lots of other good games last weekend. And that was just on the field. There are lots of compelling stories off the field, too. Like all the stuff that's going on over on Kirby Drive with the Texans. My gosh, could this franchise be any more screwed up? I mean, how many stupid mistakes can... Whoa, (laughs) maybe I shouldn't ask that question. You know, why tempt fate and all that? Well, the Deshaun Watson debacle, it's a great example of just exactly what I'm talking about. My initial reaction was, why would the Texans want Watson's advice on hiring the new general manager? Head coach? Sure, but not the GM. The GM is going to negotiate his contract. I can even draw on my own experience on the Hudson and Harrigan show to make that point. When our legendary general manager, Dickie Rosenfeld, retired, the big execs in New York didn't come down to Houston and ask their number one rated morning show team who should be the new GM. They just hired the person they thought would be a good fit. Now, they did ask our opinion when they hired a new program director. That's kind of like a head coach, but not the big boss. 
because he would be negotiating our contracts. And that's the perfect analogy for Watson and the Texans' new GM. Except for one small difference. <laughs> the Texans had already told Watson that they would consult him on the GM hire, and then they didn't. That's just bad management. And given those circumstances, I don't blame Deshaun Watson for being angry. Jeez, it's a mess. And the Texans have nobody to blame but themselves. They'd better make sure they draw Watson into the conversation about head coach, or they might have a very unhappy superstar on their hands, and that could rip this whole team apart at the seams. But then there was another off-the-field story that's worth discussing. And again, I'm going to get some hot takes from our guests about this, too. But I wanted to share my thoughts with you beforehand. This story is still about football, but it's not about the NFL. It's about college football, which, if you've listened to the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show at all, you know I'm even more passionate about college football. The University of Texas didn't waste any time at all after the horn stomped Colorado in the Alamo Bowl. They fired Tom Herman. Even though he had a 32-18 record, he won all four bowl games the horns played in. They had to pay over $20 million in buyout money to get rid of Herman and most of his assistants. And then they quickly hired Steve Sarkeesian away from his job as the offensive coordinator for Alabama. Now, you might remember Sarkeesian. He was a rising star in football coaching circles, at least until his alcohol addiction brought him down at USC. You can find all the details online, but needless to say, he did make some very poor decisions. He even got divorced from his wife of about 20 years, his high school sweetheart for crying out loud. But it does look like he got the help he needed and he turned his life around because UT is one of the best jobs in college football. But now the real work begins. He's got to straighten out one of the most disappointing programs in the game and it's not all just X's and O's either. Now, let me begin these comments by saying, I don't have any inside information on how UT runs its football program. Heck, I don't have any inside information on how TCU runs its football program, and I'm an alum of TCU. I've had season tickets for decades. So this is purely speculation. It's just my opinion, nothing more. But after reading Sarkeesian's comments during his introductory press conference this past week, it's clear to me he's got a lot of work to do. And I mean a lot. First and foremost, he's got to reassure players who are already on the roster that he's the guy they want to play for. It'll be worth their time to stick around. And that's not as easy as it sounds. Sure, he's got all the great facilities. He's got a great resume from being the OC at Bama. But his track record as a head coach is sketchy at best, downright bad at worst. That's why I found some of his comments at that press conference to be so interesting. You know, most of the time, new head coaches prefer to clean house when it comes to assistant coaches. They bring in the guys they trust, you know, guys they've worked with before. But Sarkeesian has already announced he's retaining UT's running backs coach, Stan Drayton, and wide receivers coach, Andre Coleman. They're left over from the Tom Herman staff. Again, now, this is just my stupid opinion, <laughs> but... That tells me Sarkeesian has already ceded some of his control over to the powers that be in Austin. Why? Because most coaches want their own guys. And it seems obvious to me that 
Keeping two coaches from the previous regime? That's some kind of concession Sarkeesian had to make to get the job in the first place, to keep some running backs and wide receivers happy. And again, I could be totally wrong. But here's where the rubber meets the road in college football today. The transfer portal. You know, back when I was a young man, Daryl Royal was notorious for signing every decent high school player he could find just to keep them from playing for A&M or Tech or TCU. And as a result, there were a lot of really good players who just sat on the bench in Austin for four years while they might have been stars somewhere else. That doesn't happen anymore. Not with this new transfer portal. Because if an athlete thinks he's not getting enough playing time, he can just transfer to another school. He doesn't even have to sit out a year. He can do it anytime he wants to. And believe you me, a bunch of them are doing it. So I think Sarkeesian was forced to keep these two assistant coaches to keep a few running backs and wide receivers from transferring out. And that means he's already giving up control over a program he's expected to rebuild. And that's just one issue. Sarkeesian also said in that press conference, quote, The Eyes of Texas is our school song, and we're going to sing that song. Remember Sam Ellinger standing alone on the field in the Cotton Bowl singing The Eyes of Texas after the OU game? When Sarkeesian takes a hard line on the school song, he's probably bowing to the wishes of the big UT donors who are going to be paying his salary. But how will that hardline attitude go over with African-American players who think the eyes of Texas is racist? I'm telling you, there's a lot of things to look forward to in 2021. In fact, there are a lot of things to look forward to in 2021 in the culinary world, too. Chris Shepard has appeared on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show several times, and he's set to open two new restaurants in 2021. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I don't know about you, but I think two new restaurants from Underbelly Hospitality, yeah, that qualifies as the best of times. And it's definitely something to look forward to in 2021. If your barbecue's gone up in smoke and your cooking reputation is at stake, stick around. The Old Grill Sergeant will be right back with more ideas and advice to make your next cookout sizzle. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's. Conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door. With a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. 
We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run, and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself, and you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like, never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Life is simple. Eat, sleep, grill. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hames. First timer alert. We are honored to host Nick Fine, who is the culinary director for Underbelly Hospitality, which is, of course, owned by Houston restaurateur Chris Shepard. Welcome to the show, Nick. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to sit and talk about all things Underbelly and, and, uh, and the upcoming projects that we all have coming. Well, we always try to introduce our guests to the audience. You're a native Houstonian. Tell us where you went to school and how you got into the culinary business. Yes, sir. So I went to Kingwood High School. Um, I'm proud Kingwood Mustang from years ago. And uh, I then thought I wanted to be a, a chemical engineering major. And, and I moved up to uh, Lubbock, Texas and went to Texas Tech University. <laughs> 
when I was there, I changed my major probably a thousand times like uh, <laughs> most kids do. And uh, I ended up, the last uh, major I had when I was at Texas Tech, I was a range wildlife management major. I thought I wanted to be a park ranger. Wow. So uh, I loaded up my 1988 Volvo and, and uh, in between <laughs> my uh, junior and senior year, and I drove to um, Yellowstone National Park. Um, I just didn't call anybody, just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get a job up in the park for the park service. Got there, and they kind of laughed at me and said, you know, you can't be a park ranger. You have to, this is like the most sought-after job ever for a ranger. So they directed me to some of the, the hotels around the park, which was a company called Zantera at the time. And I got a job washing dishes um, at Grant Village, which is one of the southern um, little spots in Yellowstone National Park. And so uh, I found myself washing dishes in one of the prettiest places in the world. And that was my first real dive into the kitchens, really. Well, your resume is pretty doggone impressive. You lived and worked all over the world. Uh, Germany, Australia, Thailand, Espen, New York City. Uh, what brought you back to Houston? So, um, you know, I, I, as you said, I've traveled around a lot with, with food, and I think it's something that's amazing that you can do in this industry. But family's been something that's been really, really important to me. And um, I was living in Aspen and Boulder, kind of bouncing back and forth, um, working for a really great chef named Stephen Redzikowski at the time. But I had an itch to come home. My brother was having kids, and I, I wasn't a very good uncle. I hadn't seen his kids very much, or his, his daughter at the time. And so I decided to move back home. And when I moved back home, about two weeks after moving back home, I fell in love. I met my wife, fell in love, and now I have a family of my own. So um, I am rooted in Houston now. Well, congratulations there. But what, what got you hooked up with Chris Shepard? So I, um, before I... I went up to Colorado on, uh, on one of my, my journeys. I, uh, I was a sous chef at Brennan's, ah. um, for two years underneath Randy Evans. Sure. And so Randy and I were, were working together a lot and Randy and Chris are best friends. So I have great memories of sitting at Irma's with Chris and Randy. And it was when Chris was starting up Catalan and we were, we were, uh, working on the book at, at Brennan's and, we were kind of joking about Yelp and it's just a really great memory of mine from man, probably almost 15, 20 years ago at this time that we were all just kind of young up and coming pipsqueaks. And, and now look at all those guys. Randy's the, the head of the HEB culinary department and, and Chris is Chris. So yeah, Chris made you the chef de cuisine of one fifth. That's that five year restaurant that changes its concept every year. Sure. But then less than a year later, he promoted you to your current position, which is culinary director for Underbelly Hospitality. In that role, you oversee the menu development and the execution of several of Chris's restaurants. Which ones? So it's, I think this is one of the coolest years that Chris and I together have ever had and maybe a team have ever had. It was pretty amazing. We, we opened up in less than a year, Georgia James, UB Preserve, One Fifth Mediterranean, um, redid uh, some menu stuff on Haymarchant. And within that year, Texas Monthly named all of those restaurants, One Fifth Mediterranean, UBP, and Georgia James, the best restaurants in Texas, which was, they didn't name them together. It was each one as a tie. So that was, at this point, probably one of our proudest, my proudest moment was that we got all of those chefs 
their recognition for all the work that they did. Cause each one of those chefs, Nick Wong, Matt staff, Greg Peters, Matthew Coburn, all of those guys worked there, took us off to get that. So that was the projects that we did. And, and that's why I, I got promoted because those guys were so great at their jobs that it allowed us to kind of give them an extra little push and, got all those that accolades so it's pretty special but nick is not appearing on the boyd seafood outdoor cooking show today to just talk about how he got to where he is we want to talk about where he's going tomorrow so you're set to open your first restaurant wild oats we assume with chris's help wild oats is going to be located in a, in a spot that's extremely familiar to most houstonians what is it so it's the houston farmer's market um this is one of the oldest continuously run farmer's markets in texas it is a place that I've gone to many times and, and gotten products and gotten inspiration. And it's kind of a, a, a hub for, for some Houston uh, local treats. But what's amazing is, is the changes that we've seen from 20 years ago in that market to what it is now to what we hope it is in a year. Wild Oats being built in the Houston Farmer's Market is certainly not an accident because Underbelly Hospitality has always maintained this commitment to local sourcing, working with local farmers and ranchers, especially those in the Houston farmers market. Why do you think that's so important, Nick? Um, I'll be honest. It's because we're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you take really good product and you don't have to do as much to it. You know, that that's the, the first part and the most important part to having a good end result is a good beginning point, you know? So a lot of pride in sourcing, 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 sourcing. It's, it's one of the most important things that you can do as a, a beginning cook, as a head chef, as someone who's, who's just wants to make food for themselves at their house. It's, it's really the most important thing that you can do. So now what kind of restaurant is wild oats going to be? What kind of menu items can we expect to find at wild oats? So wild oats is going to be my, uh, deep dive into stuff that I grew up eating and exploring and, and doing in, in Texas. I think Chris Shepard did such an amazing job of telling the, the underbelly of what the Houston food scene was. So, you know, a lot of Vietnamese and Korean and stuff that's here in Houston, but I want to expand that a little bit and be able to tell some of the stories of food that's all over Texas. So, I can't wait to, to do some deep dives on some German food that is huge in the hill country. I do want to explore some Mexican cuisine of, of Tex-Mex and how all that stuff got to what we know of it now. The Gulf Coast is going to play a huge part in this. Um, I married a, a lady from Louisiana, and her family is, is, is proud of their Louisiana heritage, so I know that I'll be diving into some of that stuff a lot. And There's just so much food and so much product and such an amazing wealth that we have in texas that i can't wait to, to get to explore so give us some specific examples of some menu items that we'll find at wild oats so i know that i i, I want to do a, a deep dive into chicken fried steak i think chicken fried steak is something that you see on a lot of menus and i've been doing some reading and, and learning where chicken fried steak came from it it really doesn't make sense in my brain at first of why were you driving cattle from Bandera, Texas, up to Kansas? And why weren't you just throwing a piece of steak on an open flame? You know, it, it seemed like that would be way easier. But when you go deeper into it, you realize that there weren't a lot of fuel sources for fire from Bandera up to Kansas. So they were using buffalo chips and no one wants to cook 
meat over buffalo chips. So <laughs> these cowboys were saving their bacon grease from the morning and then cooking their steaks in the bacon grease. And that's how we got our chicken fried steak. Wow. So I think using bacon grease to cook chicken fried steaks makes complete sense to me. You know, like I want to do all of those deep dives of why did this stuff happen? How are, where are, why are we here at this point of, of using this, these ingredients? And, and I think that's a perfect example of, of ideas that I want to take. Well, he's already our new best friend because he loves chicken fried steak. <laughs> he's Nick Fine. He's the culinary director for Underbelly Hospitality. Uh, he will soon open Wild Oats Restaurant in the Houston Farmer's Market. What's the date for the grand opening, Nick? Your guess is as good as mine at this point. We're hoping <laughs> uh, we're hoping summertime is, is, our, is our best yet. Then we'll check back in with you in the summertime and see if we can't tie down a date, okay? I would love that, sir. Stay patient. Dinner will be ready right after the smoke alarm goes off. Randy will be right back with more smoke and hot tips for you and your old plane right after this short break. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, a electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant, all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door, with a wide variety variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Hi friends, Randy Haynes to tell you about Cellular and Satellite. Cellular and Satellite are specialists in wireless data plans for businesses. Because they buy in large quantities, Cellular and Satellite can give you a data plan on the same provider you're using today, but at a lower cost. Cellular and Satellite can also combine the two largest wireless providers into a single data plan. Two carriers with better coverage, but only one invoice to pay. 
If your workforce is international, Cellular and Satellite offers a global data sim with fixed pricing in over 200 countries. You'll never have to pay international roaming charges again with Cellular and Satellite. And they can handle all your wireless data needs whether you need 10 or 10,000 data sims. So if you're an IT professional, mobility manager, or business owner, save money and increase your network availability by letting Cellular and Satellite simplify your wireless life. Call Cellular and Satellite today, 832-551-1000, or go to CellularAndSatellite.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a complete computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Stand back. We've got our grill on. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hames. First-timer alert, and by the way, that's officially the first time I've said first-timer alert twice in one show. <laughs> so so make welcome Matt Coburn of Georgia James Tavern in Houston's Market Square Tower. Good to have you on the show, Matt. Thanks, Randy. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's get to know you a little bit to start out. Tell us where you were born, reared, schooled. How did you get into the culinary arts? All of that kind of stuff. So uh, I was originally born in Huntsville, Alabama, um, but moved to Tallahassee, Florida, few years after that um and that's where i lived pretty much my whole life until i moved to houston um started cooking in high school just kind of to have fun with my friends grill out stuff like that and uh, my football coach actually owned a restaurant so i started uh, working for him right out of high school um and uh attended florida state for a few years um they had a hospitality program there and I uh, quickly realized that uh, I enjoyed work a lot more than school, so I started uh, <laughs> focusing on cooking full-time. <laughs> you and I have that in common. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yep, a lot of us in this, in this industry do. Well, you started out in Cy- at, at a restaurant in Tallahassee called Cypress as a sous chef, and that's where you first learned to work with local produce and meat and seafood purveyors. Yeah. Uh, but that seems to be a common thread among Chris Shepard-owned restaurants, too. So that made you a natural fit for this new vision he has of the Georgia James Tavern. Yeah. That, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Walk us through the story of how you first came to Houston and what inspired you to stay here. Well, uh, I decided to come out of Houston because my sister lived out here. Um, she had actually been telling me for probably five or six years that once I started cooking that I needed to move to Houston, that you know the food scene was was booming out here and it would uh benefit me and i could learn a lot by moving out here so i finally decided to uh take that step um with my career and uh so that was about four and a half years ago when i moved out here um prior to moving out here about a month 
before I got here, I staged at a, a few different restaurants, um, Cafe Annie, um, Passing Provisions, Uchi, and then lastly, Underbelly. Um, and from the second that I walked in the door at Underbelly and Chris sat me down at a table, I knew, uh, I knew I'd found home. It was, uh, it was the right fit for me. And you even earned a nickname there. What was it? <laughs> and that's when they started me calling me Tally. Tally? Um, for Tallahassee, Florida. Yep. Ah, I see. So we mentioned early in your career, you embraced this concept of partnering with local food purveyors and, and in some cases, even individual farmers and ranchers. How did that dovetail into your work at Underbelly? Um, I would say really right off the bat, um, you know, at Underbelly, uh, we'd have farmers coming to the back door. Um, and a lot of times we were the the type of uh, chefs that wouldn't say no. So they'd say, uh, that's something Chris Tommy, you know, if we have, uh, we got a lot of potatoes, we got a lot of carrots um, and we'd say, give it to us. Uh, you know, we'll figure out what we can do with it. Um, you know, so, and, and we were also doing whole animal butchery at the time. So there'd be a, a cow coming straight from 44 farms being broken down in the butcher shop once every two weeks, whole pigs, whole goats, um, everything from pretty close by, you know, within a less than a hundred mile radius from Houston. So you've developed personal and professional relationships with a lot of the local farmers and the ranchers. Yeah. The ties run so deeply that you've even educated yourself in the process of raising animals or maybe growing vegetable crops. Talk about what you've learned and why is local sourcing so important? Um, I would say uh, it's important because it's about the relationships that you build with people. You know, to an extent, we're all in this together, um, you know, and we, can, uh, we can't do what we do without... Um, without what the farmers and the ranchers are, do, are doing what they're doing. So I've had a lot of awesome opportunities to go out to go out to farms, go out to ranches, see the way that the, uh, the animals are raised and treated and, you know, all the hard work that goes into, uh, you know, raising, raising an animal, um, growing a vegetable, um, to get to see that firsthand is, uh, extremely important. And that way we can, um, tell our guests, um, you know, where it came from and, and, um, give them as much information about it. And that's just, We've built some really amazing relationships along the way by, um, you know, going out to the farms and the ranches firsthand. However, Matt is now set to head up the new underbelly hospitality concern. It's called Georgia James Tavern. It's a more casual spinoff of the well-known Georgia James Steakhouse. So give us the background story on how this happened. Um, so Georgia James Steakhouse, um, you know, is a, uh, a steakhouse that takes pride in. We know where uh, all of our um, beef comes from. We work with 44 farms exclusively for the most part. Um, and uh, it's, uh, you know, a restaurant that not everybody can afford to eat at every day. Um, our menu uh, does have a much higher price point. And so uh, we wanted to create a, uh, a new concept to, uh, to make it a restaurant where, where people could eat every day, where they could afford to eat here every day. So we'll still have a lot of the same philosophies of the Georgia James Steakhouse at the Tavern. Um, but offer a little bit more of a more casual atmosphere and uh, a little bit more affordable price point where people can come eat here every single day of the week if they want to. But as you said, you maintain the philosophies of the sourcing, the techniques, the service, the attention to detail that people find at Georgia James Steakhouse. Yes. So you're going to be the chef de cuisine at Georgia James Tavern. Tell us what we can expect to find on the menu when we get there. Um, so as far as the menu goes, you're still going to see some cast iron seared steaks. You know, that's our staple at the, at the steakhouse. Um, definitely a lot more sandwiches from a, a king crab roll to a Cuban sandwich to a burger. Um, we'll have, uh, 
a lot of salads. Um, the slab salad is probably the only thing from the George James menu that I'll be bringing to uh, the tavern menu, which is our take on a wedge salad. Uh, it's one of my favorite dishes, um, you know, but we'll have a Caesar salad, um, a couple different types of salads, and then some, some really um, vegetable-driven dishes, you know, some really farm-driven vegetable dishes for those, uh, you know, those who are a little more um, <clears throat> health-conscious. You know, we want to have something for everybody, whether they want a nice greasy <laughs> burger or, a, or a, a grilled chicken Caesar. Um, you know, but we're also going to show a lot of the food of Houston, all the culture that is out here in Houston that makes Houston so special. So you'll see, um, some Korean influence, some Vietnamese influence, Southern influence, um, you know, all those influences that we, uh, that we showcase as underbelly hospitality will still be showcased on the tavern menu as well. But you have your own pastry director, uh, Victoria Dearmond. Yes. Uh, so should that give our listeners an indication of your dedication to desserts? What what can we find? Uh, for desserts, um, that's definitely the department that I'm going to let Victoria head up. I know we're going to do a cheesecake. Um, I know she's got some fun, uh, some fun stuff in the works, but uh, I'm, I'm very dedicated to the savory side of things um, as, as far as that goes. And another Matt, Matt. Pridgend will be the wine director, and Weston Gallimore is going to oversee the cocktails and the spirits program at Georgia James Tavern. Correct. So that tells us you're going to have a fairly broad selection of beverages available too, right? Yep, absolutely. You know, we'll have some uh, some things that, um, you know, are very high price points that are, uh, that are hard to find and, and, and things that uh, certain people seek, but then we'll, you know, there'll be a lot of things uh, on the beverage list that, uh, you know, um, people like to drink every day. But one of the most exciting aspects of the Georgia James Tavern is going to be its location. They're going to be in Market Square Tower. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but isn't that the one with that rooftop glass bottom pool? You are correct. I was just up there uh, earlier today taking a look at the taking a look at the view. Well, let me ask you this. Have you worked up the courage to dive in head first yet, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I'm waiting for a little bit of warmer weather and then uh, I, uh, I would love to give that a shot. <laughs> well, the warmer weather doesn't have anything to do with it for me. I'm going to have to close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I walked out onto the, onto the ledge and it's, uh, you know, you can definitely feel that you're up 42 stories high for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of the movie Vertigo right now. <laughs> yep. So when is Georgia James Tavern set for its grand opening, Matt? Uh, so the grand opening um, is going to be later this spring. Um, you know, uh, late in the spring, early summer. Um, we're completely remodeling the dining room of the tavern. Um, however, we will start be uh, start serving some of the residents here um, in the Market Square Tower uh, next week there's a bar on the 42nd uh, floor where that um the pool is that you mentioned so we're going to start a couple nights a week um doing some grilling out there and, and doing some small bites and drinks and cocktails for all the residents here at market square tower and um and that'll go on until the uh the, the remodel of the tavern is done and uh hopefully that's uh this late spring before the summer this has been Matt Coburn. He's the chef de cuisine at the new Georgia James Tavern. It's on the ground floor <laughs> of Market Square Tower in downtown Houston. Thanks for visiting with us, Matt. And we're going to call you back this spring when we get closer to that grand opening, okay? All right, Randy. I'll be looking forward to it. Life is short. Grill while you can. Randy will be right back with more food and fun after this break. 
Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself. And you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's. Conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door with a wide variety 
variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all. 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. May the forks be with you. This is the Boyd's Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the guy who turns all the grills on, Randy Hames. The best part of waking up is the time I get to spend with my best friend in the radio business. That would be Fred Olson. What you up to, buddy? Man, I'm just uh, enjoying the country, away from the crazy chaos of the city. Loving it. <laughs> so, you know, I come into Houston now and then, you know, you got to make almost surgical strikes. You come in and go, okay, I'm going to hit Costco. <laughs> and then I'm going to get out of town before the KD gets crazy or it shuts down at Brookshire. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I don't guess I have to ask if you enjoyed all the football, oh, you know, all those games last weekend. My wife is so good because she sat through seven games with me. <laughs> but there was some there was some amazing football and she starts getting into it. So Well, there have been a lot of things to not like about this past football season. But I kinda like this new format for Wildcard Weekend. You know, three games on Saturday and three games on Sunday. What's not to like about that? <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's an excuse not to get other things done. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, what do you think of the Eagles firing Doug Peterson three years after he wins the Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, there'll be someone else probably snap him up pretty quick. But you know, it, as as we're learning with our own team, everything starts at the very top. The very top. And, uh, and if you're at the very top and listening right now, it's on you, wherever you are. Well, what do you think about Doug Peterson to the Texans? Gosh, I don't know. That's, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I hear all these other names <laughs> being thrown around Caldwell and uh-huh. all these other names. So I, you know what? We are simply spectators with an opinion. Well, then let's talk about our opinions. Yeah. Let's break down the divisional weekend games. We'll do them in order. We'll start with LA at green Bay. What do you think? Oh boy. Um, boy, LA is coming on. They got a defense, man. They showed it this week. Uh, uh, and they're playing in green Bay. Correct. I think the Rams should be very thankful. They get to play in at least an hour or two of sunshine (laughs) because when the sun goes down, it gets really cold, but you're from Minnesota. You, You know, I don't have to tell you cold is cold sunshine or not, right? Oh, cold is cold. Uh, what do I think? What do I want? I want the Rams to win. Why? Just because. I don't know. Just, I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge Green Bay fan. I, I just, you know, there's certain teams, yeah. for whatever reason that you like, and certain ones you, you don't. And that sometimes shifts over time. And, and uh, like, I'm, I'm glad to see the Titans didn't make it. I'm glad the Colts didn't. So I'm going, okay, boo, I don't want you to win. Well, from a purely football standpoint, I think the Packers are pretty complete. And the Rams are really going to miss Aaron Donald. If he's not 100%, L.A. desperately needs Aaron Donald to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. You've heard of good on good? This would be Aaron on Aaron. Huh? I, I just thought, you know, Goff coming in with a busted finger. Ooh. Yeah, that was, it was just a lot of guts there. So it just, I just, well, I'd like to see the Rams get it just because. Yeah. Next. Yeah, okay, next <laughs> is uh, Baltimore and Buffalo. There's a possibility for another snow fest there, but at least the Ravens are more accustomed to snow than the Rams. Who you got? Uh, I like Buffalo just because they're kind of on fire right now, and they're fun to watch. I mean, to see Josh Allen, who was supposedly not very good a year or so ago, get under some good tutelage again, it starts at the top, and he's like a different guy. I mean, he's got a rocket for an arm. He's a lot of fun to watch, so I'm going with Buffalo. 
Yeah, they look a lot improved from last year. You know, when the Texans beat them in the playoffs. But the Ravens have been strong recently. Uh, their defense is really trending up big time. I think this might be the best game of the weekend. Well, I've always liked Lamar since he was at Louisville. He was just so much fun to watch. I've always been a fan of his. And he could pull this thing out. It's just, I want to go with Buffalo just for the story of it. You know, it's been forever. They've been horrible. And they have all those draft picks over the years because they were horrible. Now, like Cleveland, it's panning out with good coaching. Okay, Sunday's early game is Cleveland at Kansas City. Now, I have to admit, I'm kind of excited to watch Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield on the same field. What do you think? Well, Mayfield, you know, I was about last week, I was going to go, I'm so tired to see them on those TV commercials. I mean, what has he done? <laughs> then he, he comes out and he has this great game. Now, true, they were spotted. I mean, Roethlisberger gave him 21 points real fast, or actually 28. What? Yeah, 28 points. That's right. And, I, and you don't see KC doing that, do you? No, you don't. But it, Mayfield was really throwing the ball well. And uh, I'd love to see Cleveland just for the story because we expect Kansas City to win. And they're going to be at home, so I think KC's going to win that one. And Cleveland will come away feeling pretty good about themselves for the season. Well, no team in the league has the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has in KC. And based on how they've played the last two seasons, in my mind, they're the team to beat until somebody proves otherwise. Yeah. Agree or not? Oh, absolutely. It'll be fun to kind of watch Kareem Hunt, who was cut because of a domestic violence issue from Kansas City. He's now with uh, Cleveland. So he's going to be running against his old team who cut him and let him go. So we're going to see. That'll be a fun little dramatic days of our lives moment to look at. So. <laughs> well, personally, I think Cleveland's Cinderella run is over. Yeah, could be. Absolutely. But they, they've been, uh, again, fun to watch. It just gives hope springs eternal when you see Cleveland finally have a good season. It's not the, now, is, is it like, how long has it been since they've had a playoff win? Did they say, was it? Uh, uh, I think 18 years. I could be wrong, but I think they said 18 years. I think it's maybe more than that. So it's just kind of fun to see somebody's unexpected because we, we expect Green Bay. We expect Kansas City. And, and I like to expect the unexpected. That's what makes it fun. And, it was something who it was kind of thinking of for Washington who came in, uh, Taylor Henneke. Did you see that game? Yes. You know, everybody's cut him. We had him for a while. The Texans had him. And he put his heart and guts and everything else on the line in that game. And just he was fun to watch just for that that dramatic moment of, of him coming out and, and running in for that that touchdown, just making it to the post just in time, you know. And then there's the last game of the weekend. It'll be the Medicare Bowl. The- <laughs> The two 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks starting for two playoff teams. This is the first time in history. New Orleans or Tampa Bay? What you got? <sighs> you know, that that one's tough because um, New Orleans is good. They're really good. Tampa Bay, we'll see. Without Brady, they'd be just mediocre. But with him, he just he has that it thing. He's got that. I know what it's like to be here, and I know what it takes to win. So does Breeze. Yep. It, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know how to call that one. Well, Breeze looks as good as ever, but Brady is still the GOAT, the greatest of all time, so it's kind of hard for me to bet against him, even on the road. But then again, you know, the Superdome's pretty quiet these days, so the home field advantage just ain't what it used to be, and that makes me think Brady has the upper hand. Okay, but I was just saying, I do want to address that crowd thing because the other night I'm, uh, I'm watching all these games and the announcers are screaming over a fake crowd. Okay. They're screaming over a guy in a booth raising the volume on the, the 
yelling track. <laughs> yes. And, and, I, and I went, and I had to turn it off and put on, uh, so I'll turn it down and I'll put on a closed caption just because I go, this really infuriates me. <laughs> I don't know why. And he's always it, about a second and a half too late with the reaction. <laughs> 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 but I'm going to pick New Orleans to win because I think their defense is all that in a large order of Cajun fries. You know what I mean? And they're also at home. Yep. Yeah. And I wonder, do the sound booth guys get the, they get at the end of the game and go, we were a little late on that booth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Finally, what'd you think of the national championship game on Monday night? Kind of what I expected. Yeah. Anybody can play usually a pretty good quarter or a pretty good half, but Alabama just, you know, they've got, Every Stead Haas, they're fun to watch, regardless of who they're playing. But I really thought uh, Ohio State, you know, put up a great half for what they did. And then it just, you just didn't have it after that. Well, what do you think of this rumor of Bill O'Brien going to Alabama as the offensive coordinator? <laughs> I hadn't heard that. No? No. Is this, are, you, are, you, are you punking me? No, I am not. I am not playing the part of Ashton Kutcher. And I have actually seen that in, I think it was 24-7 or one of those sports blogs. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't, I haven't even heard that. There's so many other young minds out there who are really good at it. And uh, so I don't know who we're going to get. Uh, that kind of floors me. I never thought of Bill O'Brien going, going to Alabama. And since this is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show, hmm. do you have any game-watching snacks, or have you already started one of those disgusting New Year's cleanse diets? Well, it's not a New Year's cleanse. It's just laying off anything that has to do with uh, adult beverages and refined sugar. Other than that, I'm pretty good. But have you started it yet? Oh, yeah. The uh, morning of January 1, absolutely. Well, we've run out of time, so I'll let you go not eat breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I had breakfast. I had sausage and, and low-carb tortillas. I'm good. It's always a pleasure to talk food and football with you, Pard. Give our love to Bev, and barring any insurrection in Washington, we'll talk again next week, okay? Hey, there you go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Send us your burning questions and favorite recipes in a private message on our Facebook page, The Outdoor Cooking Show, or visit our website, theoutdoorcookingshow.com. Join us next week for more tasty food and fun over a red-hot grill on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. How's about cooking something up for me?